Hey everyone, welcome to Take Heart Today. I'm not sure what your background is, but I grew up in the church. My dad is ordained, and when I was little, um, he was leading a parish church up in Halifax, where he was born and raised. And one of my memories from the church is that we used to sing what in those days were considered to be the hip and trendy worship songs. And there's one particular song that stands out in my mind. Um, because as we sung this song, we would kind of march around the, 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 the pews of the church together, um, young and old. And uh, the song went a bit like this. It isn't going to be in tune, but it went, You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. And the trees of... It went like that. And uh, these days when someone wants to take it up a level in a worship set, they, they sometimes like hit a button on a Mac computer and some track drops in. But in those days, that kind of technology did not exist. And so the way that they took it up a level is they just sang exactly the same song, but faster. So then they start going, we shall go out with joy and be led forth with you. And we'll start marching even faster. And I remember there was one occasion when we even took praise to the streets of Halifax and so we hired a lorry and we, we sort of had the band on the back of the lorry and we all walked behind the lorry singing these songs. I remember as a child just being absolutely humiliated by this experience just like all my mates from school walking with you know seeing me walk next to my mum going wish I'll go out with joy. Anyway but as I look back I think do you know what we were onto something we were actually onto something we are called as Jesus's people into, um, into joy. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. St. Augustine said that the Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. And because of that, um, I wanna talk about rejoicing and, I, and I'm doing so knowing full well that we are tired. Lots of us are very weary, me included. You know, we've been doing this for four months now. Um, and and yeah, I want to talk about rejoicing, not just because it's great to be happy, but because joy gives us strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, Nehemiah says to the people, go and celebrate because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It helps us endure. And there are two things today that we can look to rejoice in. The first is we can rejoice in the Lord. And so Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Bear in mind that he is writing that from lockdown. Literally, he's writing it from a prison cell. And he's telling us to rejoice. And he's obviously doing it himself. And I've often wondered with Paul, how did he keep going? Because he endured horrific suffering. You know, he was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten up. He was driven out of a lot of the towns where he went to share the gospel. He was shipwrecked multiple times. Like, how did he keep going through all of that? And surely the answer, at least a part of it, is found in this verse, rejoice in the Lord always. That he managed to somehow, whatever was happening, whatever situation or circumstance he found himself in, still rejoice in his God. This is something that I find uh, challenging sometimes because for me, I get obsessed with all the things I've got to do. Um, even as, as a Christian, I've got to pray more, I've got to give more, I've got to serve more, I've got to love more, I've got to forgive. You know, I, I have this whole list and I forget that the basis of it all is what has been done for me. 
It's not about what I can give, but it's who I've received. It's, it's him. You know, how tragic would it be if a couple got married um, and the, the main reason was financial or the main reason was so they have someone else to help with the maintenance of the house? Oh my word, you've missed the point. You know, you get married because you want to enjoy each other. Well, this is, our relationship with God is, is that, but it's just on an infinitely more profound and eternal and essential scale. We get him. We get to rejoice in who he is. We do that, I think, at least in part by spending time with him, having those moments that punctuate our weeks and our days, just to be in his presence and also to invite him into all the other, all the other time and all the other activities as well. We rejoice in him. And here's the second thing that we can rejoice in. Um, we can rejoice in the day that he has made, in this day. So Psalm 118 verse 24 this is the ESV, says this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Not yesterday was the day that he made, wasn't it great? Not tomorrow um, will be the day that he makes, and I'll just hang in there. Um, but today, this day, with all of its challenges and all of its struggles and the crisis that we continue to live through, this is the day that the Lord has made. Um, rejoice and be glad in it. One of the things that stops us from doing that is that we live, I know I can do this, under the illusion that one day conditions for rejoicing will be perfect. And finally, when all the conditions and everything's right, then I'll rejoice. But so long as there's some stuff going on that's wrong, I won't be able to rejoice today. And uh, um, we can live, if we're not careful, the whole of our lives like that. So I remember when I was at school, um, I used to think, man, being at school sucks. Like, this is awful. I've got to do these lessons. I've got to learn this stuff I don't care about. I've got to do these exams. And, you know, and I start, I would think to myself, when I've, when I've finished school, you know what, I just get to do whatever I want, then I'll be happy. All right, then you finish school and we end up getting jobs and we realise, oh my word, it was actually pretty good when I was at school because I used to have like six weeks summer holidays and you know all of this stuff. I used to finish at like three or four o'clock and, and now I'm working like nine to five or nine to whatever, like it's crazy hours. I don't have to get any holiday. And it's the same is true with our relationships. You know, we can think when we're single, oh my word, you know, I just want to have a, a partner. I want to have a boyfriend. I want to have a girlfriend. Then you get a boyfriend or girlfriend. You think, flip, this is actually quite hard work. And you know, she's telling me what to do now and he's telling me what to watch now and gosh, I had a bit more time when I was single and maybe I'll be happier if we get married and then you get married and you think, flip, you know, wow, this is really even harder and gosh, I've just signed my life away and this is it for the rest of my life and I've realised all these things about them that gosh, I didn't know that before we married each other and, um, and, and you can think, maybe we'll be happy if we can have some kids and then you manage to have some kids and you think, oh my word, what were we thinking? This is exhausting. I'm knackered. I'm changing nappies at two o'clock in the morning. This is terrible. Um, think about how much time I, I used to think I didn't have, but I realise now that I actually wasn't busy in any way. And then you think, well, maybe it'll be easy when they get older and they're a bit more independent. You know, we get through the young child phase and then they become teenagers. And when they become teenagers, you think, oh my word, we had it so good when they were little kids because they would talk to us and now they don't speak to us anymore. They just grunt at us. Um, I used to be up at two o'clock in the morning changing a nappy. Now I'm up at two o'clock in the morning thinking, where the heck are they? They were meant to be home hours ago. And we think maybe it'll be easier when, when they go on to whatever's next. And some of them, they go on to university. 
and then you realize, oh my word, they've just come back with this massive bill that I have to pay, that they've spent all their student loan already, they're bringing back their laundry, maybe easier when they graduate university. And then they do graduate and they come back to live with you because house prices are crazy and you think this is never going to end. And then eventually they do move out. And you know what happens next? Then you get something called empty nest syndrome. And you think, oh, the house just feels so, so empty now. And uh, wasn't it better when it was full of life? And do you remember those days? And then you die. Game over. Newsflash. Conditions will never be perfect. And uh, I'm not trying to be flippant because I understand. Um, I'm speaking more to myself, to be honest, than I am to you. What we're going through at the moment is the greatest challenge of our lifetime and that's not an overstatement and it's not going to get easier anytime soon but the reality is whatever happens in the future we will find that suffering in different forms comes along it is an inevitable part of being in this world celebration on the other hand that is a decision and that is a choice and it'd be wise for us to make that choice not just because isn't it nice to be happy, but because joy makes us strong. Let's choose today to rejoice in the Lord, isn't he wonderful? And to rejoice in this day that he has made.